So let's let's help folks by educating them a little bit, okay? And have a conversation around this. So what why is it wrong when somebody says, I don't see color? I'm colorblind. I think it's impossible. I, I think it's impossible. I'm just gonna say that. I, I've been thinking about this. Everybody's got a filter. Doesn't matter, like it, it doesn't matter. Like you can choose to believe that you don't see color, but the reality is is that you've been told narratives by the media, you've been told you have had norms that you've accepted, you've, assumptions that you've adopted um, because of the way you were raised, because of the hometown you were raised in, because of the people and the friend groups that you are a part of. Um, so I think part of the danger is we don't realize how much our assumptions are shaped by our culture. And that's where we, you know, we say, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. I don't see whatever. I, it's okay. I, I am Asian. You can you can see me as Asian. You know that's okay, um, as long as you understand that there are assumptions and there are things that you um, there are stories that you believe without ever having you know um, intentionally said I'm going to believe this story. There are, uh, there are stories that you believe um, and norms that you adopted or things that you just expect. Or, or whatever things that you think that have been shaped by your culture and by your upbringing and by your and and by the media like that's that's just the reality um, I, I don't think it's possible and I think the more that people try to convince themselves that myself included I think the more that we try to convince ourselves that we are blind or we are colorblind we don't see you know certain things or, or certain um, I don't know I, I think I think the more we do that we just make it a greater area of blindness but not in a color blindness way, in, in a sin blindness way, mm -hmm. in all honesty. Um, I, I just don't think it's possible. I don't think that's how our, I don't think that's how worldview and perspective works for any of us. Um, that's kind of my short answer on that. <laughs> right, you, you know, I'll, I'll speak to what you said about your experience in Bible school, and I agree with Elise, you know. Um, the, the, the concept of color blindness or the concept of identifying people by um, distinguishing features um, are, are two concepts that we can't run away from. But it depends on how we choose to interpret those concepts. You know, um, we, we are products of a society that we live in. And we, we can't run away from the fact that we are affected by the society. Um, and most times, it's it's an unconscious thing, the the, the principle of unconscious bias. Okay, um, let me let me speak to what you said about someone referring to you as Paki. I suspect that the person may not even have uh, appreciated the fact that it is a derogatory term. Because for us in my own part of the world, as I said earlier on, you know, before we came on, said I'm from Nigeria. It's a, it's a country that is made up of over 250 ethnic nationalities with at least 300 plus distinct dialects. So it is, it is almost um, a given when you see someone from another part of the country and you refer to them by a term which you have heard over and over again, but you didn't actually know was derogatory. You know, you may you may not be able to identify with this, but for someone who is from the northern part of Nigeria, um, they have 
a term that they use to identify a male person and they say malam. But in other parts of the country, that word malam has been um, colloquized in such a way that it is pronounced derogatorily and it is designed to make the person from the northern part of the country feel little. So instead of saying malam, in other parts of the country they say mola. And that means, eh, he's just some cheap guy from the northern part of the country. But a child who grows up in the society and has not been schooled in the history of that narrative, mm. then takes up that term and uses it to identify someone from the northern part of the country without realizing that it's actually derogatory. He shouldn't do so. But he hasn't been told. Yeah. Okay? I will tell you that in Nigeria, we have people from different parts of the world. We have Lebanese uh, who have lived in Nigeria for five decades. And they pretty much have become Nigerian, as far as they are concerned, as far as we are concerned. You have people from India, you have people from all other parts of the world. So in Nigeria, when someone refers to someone from Pakistan or India as Paki, for the contemporary young Nigerian, it is not necessarily derogatory. It is designed to just say, oh, this guy is from that part of the world, without realizing that the origin of the word is actually derogatory. Just the same way that the N-word is used. So this is the value of education. People need to understand that the origin of those words are wrong. And you don't want to call someone by it. And it is made worse when it is someone who should understand and know better. I was somewhere a few days ago, um, a, a home development store, and there was a man of East Asian descent who was supposed to attend to me and associate in the store. And when I walked towards him, he just, he just took off. His body language was completely demeaning. And I thought to myself, I had a bandana on. He wasn't wearing a face mask, you know? And I showed him what I wanted on my phone and he wasn't gonna come close. You know, yes, I understand the need for physical distancing, but his body language was extremely demeaning. And I thought to myself, come on, do we have to deal with this? You should know, you should know better. But that was his interpretation of the need to be safe in these times. So that is also being a product of the society in which he lives in. Talking about color, I laugh when people say people of color. Who doesn't have some color on their skin? Yeah. Yeah. I have to see my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're all people of color. My daughter yeah. calls herself pigmently challenged. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we, we, we're, we're all people of color. When you say you are white, to a great extent, are you really white? My understanding of the color white is not what you have on your skin. You call me black? Ah, I ain't quite black compared to Elise's <laughs> pair of trousers, pants. <laughs> you know, so those, those, are, those are social constructs that have been designed to limit people. 
And it's only to a very limited extent that I refer to myself as black. Because I don't want to be sucked into that narrative in such a way that places me in a box. I'm not black. I am an African. And that's the way I want to be seen. Oh, somebody says, okay, what about someone else who has a black, quote-unquote, skin? Is he Caribbean? That's how I want to identify him. I know as black. Uh, what about the white man? Well, I'd rather see him as Caucasian. I would rather identify you by your origin than by a social construct that is designed to limit. And that's my own interpretation. That's a function of personal education that is designed to turn the narrative into a positive conversation. And that's the way I've raised my children. I don't look at you as white. I don't look at you as black, brown, red. No. You're Hispanic? Fantastic. Comostas? That's the, that, that's, that's the next thing you'll hear from me. I, I, I look at our differences as the things that should draw us to one another. Somebody said university actually means unity in diversity. And that's what I see. I just want to say, oftentimes when I hear people say that they don't see color, what I hear in my mind is that they're saying, I treat everybody the same. I treat everybody the same. And then the byline to that one is, I treat everybody like me. So when you talk about, Elise, about worldview, um, and we all have our own worldviews based on, uh, on our teachings and our histories and our stories and our faith and all of those things, that shapes who we are and how we see the world. When you say you treat everybody the same, and if I'm not like you, then what are you discounting in terms of me? Mm -hmm. um, because if you haven't picked up on it, I'm pretty passionate about being a Métis person. Mm. If you don't see that, then you're missing a whole big chunk of who I am mm. and what I am and mm. what I believe and where mm. I come from and my foundation. You know, you don't see that, then you're not seeing a whole lot of me. And that's, that's the part that I relate to when people say, I, I, I don't see color. Yeah, well, then you're not seeing <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of this. And, and you need to see that, right. and you need to be responsible for that. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people don't want to go there because they don't want to offend. Um, and, and I get that. But you don't lose something by learning about me any more than I gain by learning about you and your culture and your perspectives and all that stuff. It enriches me, and it, and, and it, it fills me. It doesn't take, it, like, I have to replace something. Uh, because I, I learned something about you, you know, there's lots of room. And I uh, love that you said, you just, the way you said that, just believe the best in people. Mm. I, I really appreciate that because a lot of times when you see, when you hear people say, you know, I'm colorblind, you know, I don't see color or I'm colorblind, whatever it is, I think the automatic is to go negative when what you want to do is assume that this person is afraid of offending. This person, like, for the most part, like, maybe just be ignorant around it. And it's not necessarily that they're wanting to be hurtful towards me. Um, you know, for over the years, I've had to learn that, that there are people that would say something like that. And it's not because 
they don't like me. It's not because they don't appreciate me. It's just because they don't understand. And, you know, I think that's where great, that's where the gospel comes in, I think. Like, this is where we get to show grace and mercy to people in some various ways, uh, you know, that are there. Then there are other people that actually do uh, say it for the sake of hurting you. But that's a whole other thing and I think you can address that head on but you were going to say something yeah, I was just going to say I think that whole phrase for me I think it in my it undervalues people because I remember you know growing up as a kid I remember why I, I actually remember this conversation I don't know why I remember this conversation with my mom I remember asking my mom I said I said mom I said why 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 are there so many uh different looking people and I remember my mom said to me she says because God is creative and God's not a boring God, you know? God is a God of, of, uh, of design, you know? And we are all created in God's image. But in that image of Christ, there's, there's diversity in that because God is an artist, you know? And my mom even said, can you imagine if we all look the same? It'd be pretty boring. I was probably like five or six. So of course in my young child mind, that made sense to me. I was like, oh, God is so creative. God designed purposely humanity in his image, but with differences. And so for me, the problem is when I hear that phrase of, you know, oh, I don't see color. For me, it's like, but you're, you're, you're undervaluing the very fact that God created that human being that way because that's his design. And so when you say that, you're actually, you're taking away that creativity that is God has placed within all of us that are all from different ethnicities and different backgrounds. So for me, it's, it's again, I, I've always struggled with that phrase. I've never liked it when I've heard it because for me, it's like, no, we, we should be, we should be seeing the diversity and the differences because God intended it that way. He intended it for us to be different for a reason and for a purpose. And so, um, yeah, and again, I, I just want to reiterate again, I, I feel there's a big uh, theme here on education. And I think in, in what you have, what all of you have said is, you know, the importance of education, the importance of really teaching people and understanding, you know, the, the differences. And, and again, like I, I would have to agree with, with what Josh said is, I think there is this fear that people just don't want to offend, but there is fear of the offense because there's no education and there needs to be that education given so that fear and that fear of offense can actually be taken away and replaced with the understanding.